Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our series that we're doing called Life Beyond the Chariot, uh, and it is about how to live the teachings of Christ, um, bring the beauty of that into our homes, into our family lives with our friends and our church community, and we're just so excited to be back with everybody. Uh, before we begin on today's topic, we are just going to begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the love and the mercy and the grace of your Son, Jesus Christ. We ask that you open our hearts to be receptive to your truth and your beauty and your goodness. Give us the grace to be faithful disciples of your truth and your love so that through our words and our actions, other people may encounter your Son in a deeper and more fulfilling way. We ask this through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, so today, um, it's actually uh, June 29th, and it is the Feast of St. Peter and Paul. And Deanna and I just thought, it, we just wanted to share our thoughts on St. Peter and Paul, things that strike us about their lives, their conversion, and what that really means for us um, now in this modern time and dealing with all of the things that are going on in our world today. And so um, I know Deanna has her little co-host, so you may hear him <laughs> when she turns her microphone on. But Deanna, I didn't know if you wanted, hey, Leo. <laughs> so Deanna, I didn't know if you wanted to just sort of um, talk about, when we, when we are talking about Saints Peter and Paul, what about their life or their example stands out to you the most? Yeah, so I think the thing that always comes to mind when this feast day rolls around is that Peter was a coward and Paul was a murderer. And they became two of the most important saints for the church. I mean, Peter being the first pope, but he said a lot of stupid things <laughs> before and he denied Christ and he definitely had to overcome this fear. And then you've got Saul who becomes Paul. Um, it has a major conversion, exactly. <laughs> and and they can take people like that and totally transform them. They can have such an encounter with Christ that he can transform them and put them to the service of the church. And if God can do that with Peter and Paul, imagine what he can do with us. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that because I think too, and when I used to teach high school kids, I would say this all the time, that God does not call the qualified, that he qualifies the called. And Christ knew how he was going to use Peter and Paul before they did. I mean, he knew it from the beginning of time. And whatever mission God calls us to, he's going to give us every necessary grace, every necessary gift to fulfill the mission that he has called us to. But it also does mention that there's, we have to be receptive to that. You know, we have to trust that God is going to give us what we need and not be like, well, how am I going to do this all by myself? Because I know that I fall into that. Like, how am I going to carry the weight of this by myself? And sometimes in ministry, I put a lot of that pressure on me and I forget, hey, you need a pause. <laughs> same, same. Yeah. 
that's a constant struggle for me in ministry and even in our primary vocations as as wives and mothers that there are times where you look at your kids and you're like how how am i equipped to to raise these little souls to be saints but that god gives us exactly what we need to do that yeah and two and i have to remind myself that that christ loves my children more than i do way more than I do. I mean, he died for them and I would be willing to die for them if that was ever um, part of what God called me to do. But I can't out love my kids more than Christ does. And so to trust him with those things and to bring my kids constantly to to Christ and sort of lay them in his hands. There was a uh, there was one time in my life where there was a particular person that I was just, um, I wanted to help out. I felt like I needed to help out, but I didn't know what to do. And I was talking to a priest about it. And he said, what I want you to do is pretend that you have that person's hand and Christ is in front of you and you're walking that person to Christ. And then he's like, I want you to place their hand and Jesus's hand and you have to be okay walking away. And sometimes it's what I think about when I think about our calling as moms or my calling as a mom, that there's so much that I'm not going to be able to do for them and so much more that Christ can do for them. And there's that idea of like surrender. I need to bring my kids to Christ. And then I have to be willing to let Jesus do what he wants to do with them. And that's what sort of going back now to St. Peter and Paul, that's what I find so fascinating about these men is they allowed God to work through them in really incredible ways that I think took tons of trust on their part to follow God's mission because they weren't preaching the good news in times when people were receptive to it. I mean, there was hostility there. There was persecution there. And at one point, St. Paul was even a leader in persecuting the Christians. And one of the things that fascinates me about St. Paul is, um, because I know I would have done this as a person, like if I knew that I had a history of really bad stuff and it was directed towards a certain group of people, and then God called me to then be a leader of that group that I was persecuting... (laughs) Like, I'd be like, oh, what are they going to do to me? What are they going to say? They're not going to see me as on their side. Are they going to think that I'm the biggest hypocrite or am I sincere about my mission? And, um, but man, Paul just, what he endures after he encounters Christ, what he endures for the sake of the gospel is incredible. I know, Deanna, that you had, and I didn't realize this, but you had said something about um, that there was sort of like a pause between Paul's conversion and when he started ministry. I don't know if you want to share a little bit about that. So, yeah, I I had always thought initially that Paul got knocked off his horse. He then has the scales fall from his eyes and then he just jumps right into ministry. But he actually had this three-year break <laughs> between the time of his conversion and when he's actually going out and preaching. And I thought that that was so important for us to remember that Paul needed formation. Peter needed formation Peter with Jesus for three years in his, his earthly ministry. 
and Paul too, like he had the initial conversion experience, but then he needed to let that just saturate the, the depths of, of himself and allow God to prepare him and whatever that looked like um, to go out and change the world. I mean, Peter and Paul are crucial to the spread of Christianity, right? And when we look at St. Paul's epistles and to realize that they really did need that, that time of, of formation and allowing the Holy Spirit to become active but that they also had to recognize who Jesus was mm-hmm. before they could be sent on mission, that it wasn't just something where we're like, oh, you know what? And like coming up with this idea on their own. And that speaks to us now. And I mean, even for you and I who are active in ministry, um, that we have to allow the gospel to penetrate our lives. We have to constantly be receptive to, to what God wants to do in our lives in order to, to actually do the work that he's called us to do. Yeah. And I think too, um, and I liked what you said that we have to be able to answer the question, like who Jesus is, because I think sometimes we're not just do-gooders. We're not just people who want to do good. Like we are Christians, which means that we claim an identity with the savior and that's incredibly important. And the fact that um, Peter was formed by Jesus himself, you know, got to live with Jesus, talk with Jesus, watch Jesus and how he un- interacted with people. And what I love about the gospel reading for today, um, for the Feast of St. Peter and Paul, is Jesus is asking his disciples, he's like, who do people say that I am? And some people say, um, well, some say you're John the Baptist, others, Elijah, still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then Jesus asks a very crucial question, which we need to be able to answer as well. He says, but who do you say that I am? And I think that is key. And the moment that Peter says, you are the Christ, that's exactly when Jesus makes him like the first Pope. Like you are um, a pot, you are this rock. And on this rock, I will build my church because Jesus knows who Christ or Peter knows who Christ is. And so we have to be able to answer that question. Who do we say that Jesus is? Because, again, we're not just people who are called to do good things. We are called to be sons and daughters of Christ, who's the Savior. And um, and our identity, that's our identity. And everything that we do, how we act, our perspective, all of that is shaped by that our answer to the question, who do we say Jesus is? So one other thing that that's coming to mind when I think of Peter and Paul also is that the trajectory of their vocation was probably not what they expected. Like Peter was a fisherman and then Christ enters his life and he becomes the first Pope. And again, very impactful in uh, the history of the church and Saul who becomes Paul um, again, like he was persecuting Christians. Like he had a, he had a, a plan for his life, but as soon as Christ entered it and he accepted that invitation, um, everything changes. And I know like on the podcast, you and I have shared, um, some of our story mm-hmm. and, 
um, our journey with Christ. And I think that's a good reminder for us that we may have a plan for what our vocation will look like, or even if we're, we're dedicated to ministry or, or um, jumping into uh, to church work of some kind, that when Christ is part of it and when Christ is the priority, it can become something so much bigger than what we could imagine for ourselves. Like I seriously doubt that, that Peter and Paul um, would have a, had a, maybe they did, maybe they did have a good sense of what the Catholic church would look like in the year 2020. Like maybe they'd be a little disappointed, but the spread of Christianity and the rap, I mean, the rapid spread of Christianity and how it, I mean, their yes changed everything for, for so many people, but they were also very aware of the fact that this was not their own doing, that it, it had to be Christ that, that made it possible. And I think you were reading earlier, um, all of the things that Paul went through or is it in Corinthians where he, he, yeah, like yeah. Maybe share a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. No. And um, before I talk about those specific ones as well, just to, just to keep in mind that, that both of them and many Christians um, throughout all of history have endured extreme persecution and suffering and trials. And that, um, I mean, even in today's first reading or the first reading for, at the Feast of St. Peter and Paul, it's talking about how Peter was imprisoned. And there's, it's really a kind of a cool story about how an angel comes and, and rescues Peter out of prison. But um, their life as followers of Christ were challenging. Um, but they could no longer deny who, who Christ was. Like, and that's, goes back to my point earlier, once you answer the question that Jesus asked of us, who do you say that I am? When you say you are the Christ, in a sense, there's no turning back from that. Uh, and yeah, so um, I was reading in Second Corinthians, it's chapter 11. These are some of the persecutions Paul went through. So I'm starting in verse 24. He says, Five times at the hands of the Jews, I received 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I passed a night and a day on the deep, on frequent journeys, in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own race, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, Dangers among false brothers, in toil and hardship through many sleepless nights, through hunger and thirst, through frequent fastings, through cold and exposure. Um, and then he says, and apart from these things, there's the daily pressure upon me of my anxiety for all of the churches. Like just to, and I think sometimes when we are feeling a little overwhelmed, or burdened or going through, I highly encourage us to open up 2 Corinthians chapter 11, start at verse 24, and just think about the persecution and the sufferings and the trials that Paul went through. So not only did he endure all of these things 
for the sake of the gospel, but he also was dealing with that pressure, right? He even says the anxiety, the daily anxiety um, for all of the churches that he was in a sense responsible for. And I know as moms, we have that daily pressure, right? Or the anxiety that comes with the daily tasks and chores and just all the to-dos on our daily list when it comes to our kids and our husbands. And then if you um, have work and you put work on top of that, and then we're always going to be dealing with certain things going on in the world around us. And I know, well, at least for me, Deanna, I don't know if the, the same for you. I just feel like things are so crazy. You know, I mean, um, not just COVID, which I mean, which is a big deal, but there's COVID, there's the riots, there's civil unrest. There seems to be so much division and so much, um, I don't know, I feel like people's hearts are, are hard or becoming harder. And it's hard for me to see how we are looking at our neighbor as brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, I'm just... And maybe it's because I'm focused too much <laughs> on what's coming through social media and what's coming on through like the news. Uh, and I've had to take a step back, but it's disheartening how saints before us, um, like St. Peter and Paul, they forged forward to spread the message of Jesus Christ just so people could hear about Jesus. And here we are in a country where we have the freedom to worship. We, we could read the Bible whenever we want, um, share the good news, but it's it's almost as if we've lost that a little bit or we've been stunted um in our in our growth as a as a culture, as a society, to really move forward and keep our eyes fixed on Christ. But to persevere. And I know that earlier you had said that that was an aspect of both of these saints that you just really admired, like their persistence and perseverance. Absolutely. And I think it's in the second reading today in Second Timothy where, and it's one of my favorites, where he says, um, I have competed well, I have finished the race, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. And from now on, the crown of righteousness awaits me. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that verse um, when I was, uh, I did a mission year in Mexico um, in 2008 to 2009. And at that point in my life, that was the hardest thing I had ever done in my whole life because I was way outside my comfort zone. And um, it was really like this, this, yeah, again, just stepping outside of, um, stepping outside of my comfort zone and really having to lean heavy on the Holy Spirit to get me through the the day to day. But I remember having that verse in my room. Um, I just put it on the wall because it was a reminder to me that, 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 this mission or being part of this particular, um, yeah, doing this mission work at, at this girl's home in Saltillo, Mexico, that this is where God was calling me to be faithful right now. And, um, and then at the end of my mission year, which actually, so 2011 years ago, um, today or tomorrow was when I wrapped up that year. And I remember looking at that verse and thinking, that really I could say at for that particular point in my life that I had really tried to be faithful to that mission, but it was not, I was not able to do that by my own strength. And, you know, 11 years later, here I am, I'm a mom of four 
and working for Bishop Strickland. And um, you, I mean, you were saying it so well that it, it, it can be really easy to get distracted by the times we're living in. And I know that's been heavy on my heart lately. It's, it's, it's like, what is happening? What is this? <laughs> can we get a, re- a redo on 2020? Um, and yeah, like the noise of social media, I think it can be really tempting, um, especially like my personality type too. I, I think I, it can be real tempting to despair or to, to just see the negative and say, what, what, (laughs) like, what are we supposed to do? What is happening? But, you know, we look at the, we look at the readings and even um, like where in the gospel, where as soon as Jesus gives Peter his mission, he all, I mean, he says, you are Peter and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And um, someone had given this image uh with that to me before like with with that particular phrase like the gates of hell like pushing pushing against um yeah like we're we're um we're on the on the offense i guess like we're 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 charging forward as christians we we're really trying to 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 give everything that that or use everything that that god's given us um, but we are going to be okay. <laughs> At the end of the day, there's so much to be hopeful for, and there's so much light um, to to um, to strive for. And um, yeah, it the temptation is there. In my rambling, the temptation can be there to 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 look at the chaos in the world and say like, what's the point? Like, how, how are we supposed to do any of this? How am I supposed to raise four saints in a world that really is going to hate them, is going to hate what they, what they're striving for or what they're, what they're called to stand for. Um, but Christ is already telling us, like, I give you, I'm going to give you everything you need. And I know Strickland talks a lot about us living as first century Christians. Like it, this is it. Like this is a real thing. Like persecution is a real thing. It's been happening in other parts of the world, but it's going to become a lot more real here too. And to just know, like even in the midst of all of the riots or just the chaos, the pandemic, all of this unexpected stuff that we don't see, that if Christ is who if Christ is who he says he is, and if we truly believe that, then we're going to be okay. <laughs> there's so much, there's so much to be hopeful for. And again, like competing, competing the race well, um, doing what, what we're doing, what we're called to do, being faithful in these little things. Um, I think that's really what Peter and Paul can, can show us that, that if we're faithful to that call and we respond to who God is, then the effects of that yes can be bigger than anything we can imagine. Yeah. The, like the fruits of our faithfulness and uh, because, because, and I love what you said that we're going to be okay because Christ has us. And the moment that we forget that we are in his hands or the moment Mm -hmm. we choose to jump out of his care, um, things are just crazy. And that in our interior life and the peace that God wants us to have, um, just goes away, um, because we've left it, not because Christ has withdrawn that. 
And I do, I mean, and I pray that at the end of my life, when God calls me home, I pray that I can say I've competed well, that Lord, I've done the mission that you have called me to. But we have to make sure that we don't allow um, our mission to be uh, to be overshadowed or overlooked with all of these other external things, right? That we have to keep our eyes fixed on Christ, and um, and maybe one of the things that we can do, um, not just during this time, but especially during this time, is every morning wake up and and like picture Jesus asking us, "Who do you say that I am?" And what is my response for today? Um, and then, and then, how then is my answer? Hopefully, we all say you're the Christ. <laughs> and uh, how is that going to dictate everything that I do today? Exactly. And that that is now the the model for which I live my life because it can be so easy to just become reactionary to everything that's going on. And then what we're doing as Christians is that we're reacting to the outside world that's trying to impose itself on us and our families instead of, like you said, like being on the offensive, like I know who I am. My identity is a daughter or a son of Christ. Um, I know my mission and there's nothing that's going to get in my way of fulfilling that because Christ is going to accomplish through me what he wants if I let him. And so, and I, I think that, I really think that's why um, there's such admiration and inspiration from Saints Peter and Paul, because that's exactly what they did, mm-hmm. right? Unstoppable. And that's the word that comes from my like unstoppable. <laughs> uh, so convinced of what God had called them to. Um, and one, uh, one semester when I was teaching, I was doing, um, just on my own, I just read through all of the epistles of St. Paul. I encourage people if they've never read it to start to, if they've never read it to start reading the epistles and they're just, um, amazing. Like first Corinthians, first and second Corinthians are some of my favorite, but one of the things, um, that, St. Paul writes, and this is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. He says, so whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. And I think that if we keep that in mind, right? And I think, and I know we've kind of talked about like things that we've seen on like social media or the news, like before we click send or before we react to something that we see, um, and I'm not saying we can't react. But what I'm saying is, does what I'm about to say, is what I'm about to share, does it give glory to God? Is it full of God's mission for what he's calling me to do in this moment? Or am I abandoning my mission temporarily so that I can do something that I feel I need to say or something that I need to do? Um, and I think even in little little things like that, to say, like, in, in, um, in our time where there are so many people who are suffering and angry and hurt. Uh, and I've even seen this among our Catholic brothers and sisters, like going at it. And I'm like, we are a church, <laughs> like we are a family. And, um, what is my role in that? Well, my role is, uh, whatever it is that I'm about to say, whatever it is that I'm about to do, does it bring glory to God? Is that his mission for me? Like right now? 
and and I think to um to think about and I, going back to one of your earlier points is that um St. Paul he didn't just jump right into ministry or jump right into preaching, right? He had that time of formation. And so I just really encourage people, and I'm, I'm speaking to myself as well, right? Am I taking that time to be formed? Am I taking that time to really allowing God to mold me into the woman, um, the mother, the wife that he has called me to be? Um, or have I abandoned my formation to go and do, um, which is not okay because then it becomes Mickey's work or Mickey's stuff and not for God's glory, you know? Right. And that's a real, I, I, I am right there with you and I'm really grateful. So in the St. Philip Institute, we have Father Justin Braun is the chaplain for the Institute and the spiritual director. And I am so grateful that we have that now because it is very tempting to treat ministry like a, just another job sometimes or to look at our ministry projects and to say like, oh, well, this is like, I'm doing this retreat or I'm doing um, this class or, you know, I'm writing this curriculum. Um, but all of this is for the glory of God, like you were saying before. And when we can empty ourselves, and I know we've talked a lot also about, um, or hinted at Soul of the Apostolate, that book. And we should probably do an episode on that at some point, because it is such a great reminder. That book is such a great reminder of we have to empty ourselves constantly. So practically speaking for us, because I know not everybody works in, in ministry. Um, and a lot of the folks that that tune into our, our show are, are moms. Um, Practically speaking, it seems like one of the key things is to have a solid prayer life, mm-hmm. Definitely a solid prayer life. And I know that's something that I am still growing in, um, <laughs> still learning how to do, especially with, with little people. Um, but realizing like, no, like that really is foundational to everything. Peter and Paul could not have done what they did without a solid prayer life and constantly discerning like, okay, where, where does God want us to go what what's the next step um and I think I'm realizing more and more um because yeah it's because it it can be tempting to fall into despair but I think that falling into despair happens when we're looking at like what am I going to do what what strength am I going to bring and none of it is going to come from us like it all has to come from God but we have to be open to it and if there's anything that, that Peter and Paul can, can show us, it's like when you're open to the Holy Spirit, when you're, when God, when Christ is who he says he is in your life and you truly believe that your yes can transform your family. It can transform the place where you work. It can transform communities. I mean, this is how, this is how we save civilization is <laughs> by doing what we're called to do. But but yeah, just being open to, to the Holy Spirit and all of that. Yeah, I love what you said. I think that's even just a, a great place to close on because I don't know what else we could add to that other than, you know, who is Christ to you, right? When Jesus says, who do you say that I am? I pray that we can all respond with the conviction of St. Peter. Like, you are the Christ. And then from that, from that point, 
everything that we do in our lives, right? Whatever it is that we're called to. So as mothers, as wives, if there's other work that we do or ministries that we're involved in, um, just even in our family, like our extended family or in our friends, that our answer to that question God poses to us should be, it drives everything that we do, everything that we say for his honor, for his glory, so that other people can see that that we honestly believe with every ounce of our being that he is the Christ. Uh, and that's why we live. And that's what we're here to do, to bring him honor and glory in whatever it is that God has called us to in that moment. So just to persevere in our prayer lives, work on that formation, um, and be able to say I competed well. <laughs> yes, that's the yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Was there anything else that you want to add before we? No, I think I would just add um, for for our listeners is um, that in the St. Philip Institute, our our primary goal is to to serve the people of, of East Texas, um, but to help teach the Catholic faith and to offer these formation type um, things that can can help us to grow in our faith. So, in addition to a solid prayer life, making sure that we're constantly learning more about our faith so that we can articulate it. So if you go to our website, stphilipinstitute.org, you'll find resources like the way of Christ, um, the podcast, different essays, and those can be just a really good starting point for, um, for continuing to grow in that formation or being able to, to, to teach the faith to others, if it's your family or uh, coworkers, anybody. Um, and yeah, and if you feel called to support us uh, primarily in prayer is awesome. But if you feel called to, to support us financially, I know we would appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you so much. It looks like um, little Leo is experiencing that peace of Christ right now. <laughs> so, I- yeah. Um, all right. Well, Deanna, thanks so much. It was so great having this conversation and definitely look forward to um uh, any feedback from our listeners, but also if there is something that you would like Deanna and I to address or like a, a guest speaker that you would like to see us have a conversation with, we're always open to that as well. So send any recommendations our way. Yes, podcast at stphilipinstitute.org. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much. Deanna, do you, you want to close us in prayer before we log off? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, thank you for calling us by name. Thank you for constantly reminding us of who you are. Um, We ask that you give us the strength that we need to be faithful to the vocations that you've called us to and help us to surrender to your holy will in all things day by day. We ask these things in your name. Amen. 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 All right. Bye, Deanna.